It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, here we are moving ahead, and Thanksgiving is behind us now. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving, Rich? Well, I certainly did. Uh, we have much for which to be thankful, and it was a delightful time with family and friends yeah. and celebrating and giving thanks well, to God. And I was at your house, and by the way, the food was really good. Yes, we have many great cooks in our family. And then we had family um, also in the Kansas City area. Then we had family in St. Louis. We had family in Dallas. Uh, we were all together one way or the other, even though we were separated. Up. We were all together in spirit. That's kind of the way it goes. Tell you what, let's start out with this song that really kind of speaks to what I feel right now. who call our listener comment line and they uh, express appreciation for the old-time music that we use. Uh, I'm an old-timer, but good music is good music. And uh, a song like that really speaks to the heart, doesn't it? Well, it it has a great message to it. Let's move ahead now because the Supreme Court of the United States is getting ready to hear some cases about life. L-I-F-E. And uh, 
It's so important. The media, of course, is downplaying it or ignoring it completely. But that's what the media tends to do. Uh, it's so important. And uh, tell us about it, and then we'll get into the program. Well, this week, uh, the Supreme Court is going to hear Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. That's from the state of Mississippi, where the Mississippi legislature had has passed a law protecting innocent unborn children after 15 weeks of gestation. And it's a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. And so it's very exciting, very important. And this is being bathed in prayer. Yeah. And I've heard that every major revival is preceded by a movement of prayer. So I get excited about this nationwide prayer meeting that's going to take place Sunday night. That's uh, November 28th in Jackson, Mississippi. We're going to be broadcasting it on our, on our mobile devices and on our Roku app. Uh, so people can watch it. Well, you say mobile devices. What does that right. mean? Right. Like, well, like your iPhone, your iPad, your Android, tablet. How Those, will the people find it? Well, they, they go to botradionetwork.com. They get the app. You download the Bot Radio Network app on your device. Or if you're on Roku, go to the Bot Radio Skill and, and download that, and you'll be able to watch it live when it happens. But this is to participate in the prayer meeting and to pray with people across the country. It's going to feature people like Jack Hibbs, Michelle Bachman, Carter Conlon from Times Square Church, Alveda King, and many, many more praying for the Supreme Court to get it right this time. All right. Well, let's see. I think we have some announcements. Yes. Well, here's, here's uh, Evan Fowler with a little bit more about that, how you can hear it on Bot Radio Network. Bot Radio Network invites you to watch live as the Family Research Council and pro-life leaders meet this Sunday in Jackson, Mississippi for Pray Together for Life. This nationwide prayer event will happen three days before the U.S. Supreme Court hears oral arguments in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case, which could be the key to overturning Roe versus Wade. Watch live and pray with us this Sunday, 7 p.m. Central, on the BRN mobile apps and Roku TV app. Okay, well, let's see. I think there's one other one from Tony Perkins. Yes, uh, Tony has a little more now, detail minute, on I that. I want to say this about the Family Research Council and uh, Tony Perkins. Man, what a Christian gentleman and a leader he is. Here it is. I'm Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council here in Washington, D.C. I want to invite you to join thousands of pro-life Americans for a nationwide prayer event on Sunday night, November the 28th. Pray Together for Life. On December 1st, in the Supreme Court behind me, nine justices will hear oral arguments in one of the most important cases in nearly half a century, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. This case is about Mississippi's pro-life law restricting abortion after 15 weeks. The law directly challenges the infamous Roe v. Wade decision. This is America's moment for true repentance, to change direction and once again acknowledge God as the author of life. From coast to coast, border to border, we'll gather in Jackson, Mississippi on Sunday, November the 28th to pray together for life. Yeah. See, after 15 weeks, and you know, Rich, the thing that bothers me is we're trying desperately to bring people to the truth of human life, that little tiny human being that does exist and does live as a separate human being, what can we ever do to get the churches of America 
and the individual people to really take it seriously. Now, I think a lot of people are confused if the Supreme Court ever, um, you know, kind of muscles up here a little bit and realizes it had never had any business in Supreme Court in the first place, it would go back to the states. And each individual state would deal with it uh, the same way they do murder, really. Did you know murder is a state crime and not a federal crime? Unless you cross state lines or something of that sort. So going back to the states allows the people to deal with truth and reality in a way that isn't possible now. Well, every step that protects innocent human life is a step that we need to take. Well, and that's what I want to spend this program talking about. Now, when does human life begin? Now, look what's happened in Wisconsin. My word, the carnage. There's so much hate and so much um, anger uh, that's going on now. When you take God out of society... You take God out of the schools, look at the media, is totally devoid of any serious acknowledgement of God Almighty, and look at what happened. But listen now, uh, for every person listening to this broadcast, when does human life begin? Listen to this. You're in a conversation about abortion, and someone says, human life doesn't begin at conception, it's just a clump of cells. What would you say? It's easy to say life doesn't begin at conception because an embryo doesn't look like what we think people should look like. But we know human life begins at some point. Here are a few things to remember while you think about when that is. First, life doesn't begin at birth. It isn't logical to say life begins at birth because that would suggest that the baby inside the womb one day prior to birth wasn't alive. It's not reasonable to say an individual who is alive at birth is not alive one day prior to birth. The only difference is where they are. So we know life does not begin at birth. Second, life doesn't begin at viability. Many argue that human life begins once a baby can survive on her own outside the womb. But there are problems with this argument too. After all, viability changes based on technology. Today, babies can be born at 24 weeks and survive. But 200 years ago, that wasn't possible. Viability is also determined based on where you are born. Wealthy nations make things possible for babies that wouldn't be possible in a poorer country. Does that mean a 24-week baby in the United States is more alive than a 24-week baby in the jungles of the Congo? Of course not. So life must be determined by something other than viability. Third, life does not begin with a heartbeat. We know that living things only come from other living things. It wouldn't be possible then for the embryo to be non-living for the first few weeks and suddenly spring into life. So the embryo has to be alive prior to the heartbeat. Does this mean that we can be alive without a heartbeat? Yes. That's actually what makes the newly conceived embryo more functionally impressive than a born person. The embryo has an ability to live, grow, and move through the stages of human development without the feature you and I need to continue our growth and development. If life doesn't begin at birth, viability, or heartbeat, when does it begin? Life begins at conception, fertilization. At fertilization, a living mother and father give life to a whole living organism. 
genetically distinct from his or her mother and father. No, the embryo doesn't look like everyone else, but aren't we past the idea that someone has to look a certain way before they are considered human? Think of it like a Polaroid picture. Initially, all you will see are black smudge marks. The moment the photo is taken, however, the image is captured. It just needs time to develop. The same is true for you and me. The moment of sperm egg fusion, we in our uniqueness from our parents began to exist. We just needed time to develop. Oh, man. You know, that kind of puts it where it is, isn't it? That, il that illustration about the Polaroid camera really got to me because we are imprinted with the image of God. We just need time to develop. Now, folks, is it beginning to dawn on you? Every pastor uh, that's listening to this broadcast, now is it starting to dawn on you what we as Americans have been doing for years and not taking it seriously because the media doesn't take it seriously? And um, and um, so maybe maybe we can make a point here. Now listen to this. Listen to this about surgery while the child is still inside the womb. Another historic surgery from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. It's a CBS 3 Health Watch exclusive, a risky and delicate heart operation on a fetus. Operating on a fetus still inside the mother's womb. This time, doctors operated on a tiny fetal heart. And after some risky setbacks, we were there as the family said goodbye to the team that saved their baby. You're going home. Baby Juan and his parents are headed back to Uruguay, where the infant is a celebrity. Since October, the family has been camped out at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where doctors saved Juan's life with an intervention that's largely unheard of in many places. After the fetal surgery, the pregnancy continued as the family waited in Philadelphia. At 31 weeks, Juan was born, December 11th, but the tumor had grown back, so there was a second heart surgery. There were a lot of chances that the baby was going to die. But he survived with a big scar on his chest. Juan is now three months old and healthy. And that's something, and that, and that just cuts your heart, Rich. That's right. It was the same little baby inside the womb as outside the womb. That's exactly right. Uh, folks, is this starting to get through to you? The baby is what we are concerned about. If the mother cannot take care of the baby, how about adoption? I personally want to get into the fact that why should adoption be so complicated and so expensive? And I think we'll find self-serving interests are also at, at, at the root of that because there is no reason when you get right down to it why any baby any little human being should lose its life uh, over what other people do. Now listen to this. This would be the smallest surviving baby. Here it is. She's uh, a miracle, that's for sure. She's only five months old, but this baby is already breaking records. Sabi is believed to be the world's smallest surviving baby. She was born at just 23 weeks and three days, weighing 8.6 ounces. That's just over half a pound. While her family is rejoicing now, Sabi's mother says getting to this point wasn't easy. The scariest day of my life. I just felt very uncomfortable, um, and I thought maybe this is part of the pregnancy. They told me that I had um, preeclampsia, 
Uh, my blood pressure was very, very high, over 200, and they had to deliver her really quick. And I kept telling them that she's not going to survive. She's only, I'm only 23 weeks. Since babies are typically born at 40 weeks, the staff at Sharp Mary Birch Hospital in San Diego wasn't very optimistic the child would survive. They told my husband that he had about an hour with her and that she was going to pass away. But that hour turned into two hours, which turned into a day, which turned into a week. Sabi was defying everyone's expectations as she grew bigger and stronger every day. Nurses at the hospital say they can't take credit for her progress. So we do everything we know how to do as well as we can, and um, after that it's really up to our babies. Um, so some really had the strength to, to go through what they have to go through and grow outside the womb. But Sabi's parents say the staff helped them get through this extremely difficult time with compassion and encouragement. We had so many nurses, but her primary nurses were just, they became friends. I, I don't want to cry. <sighs> Look at all those signs. They made it. You know, I would come in, and then it's like, happy birthday, Mom. It's just, <sighs> I'm so grateful for them. When it was time for baby Sadie to go home, the staff sent her off in grand style, graduating her from the NICU, as they all beamed with pride and wished her well. I'm just really proud of them and the baby and to see, see I told you. <laughs> um, just like see them transform as parents and see this little baby go home that Usually it's like completely against all odds. I just wanted her to know how strong she is and how, I mean, if she can start off where she was and do as well as she can be, there's nothing she can't do. Mm, that's something. Isn't that wonderful to hear stories about how doctors intervene to save the baby's life rather yeah. than take it? All right, now listen, folks. One of the people that I admire so very, very very much is a lady I met several years ago in Illinois, Jill Stanick. And Jill Stanick was a young nurse. She had prepared to be a nurse because she wanted to help people. She wanted to take care of people. That was in her nature that she wanted to be a nurse to uh, preserve life and everything. And then here she was in this hospital in Illinois called Christ Hospital. Well, my word, what could be better than that? But I'll tell you what, it didn't work out that way. Listen to what Jill Stenick had to say. Thanks for having me, Mr. Bott. And you're absolutely right. I was a registered nurse at Christ Hospital on the southwest side of Chicago when I discovered the hospital was not only involved in late-term abortions, but that the method of abortion that the hospital used sometimes resulted in babies being aborted alive. And if they were aborted alive, they were allowed to die in the soiled utility room without any medical intervention whatsoever. So let's, let's just stop there then. And this is the case where they intentionally intended to kill the kid. And they, right. fa and they failed. And they failed. The child lived anyway. 
the child was alive anyway. There is the child alive and well, and not well, but is surviving uh, the attempt on its life. And, and so this is the scene uh, that you're describing, and you were a nurse in that hospital. Yes, and went to work there thinking I would be safe at a hospital named Christ from abortion, because who would think? But I found out that this was going on, and then one night a nursing co-worker was taking a little abortion survivor to the soiled utility room because his parents didn't want to hold him, and she didn't have time to hold him that night. And he was a 21-week baby, and when she told me what she was doing, I couldn't bear the thought of this suffering child dying alone. And so I cradled and rocked him for the 45 minutes that he lived. Now, this is um, a hospital, Christ Hospital, for goodness sakes. Is that associated with a particular church or denomination? or what Yes, is it? it's affiliated with two denominations, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America and the United Church of Christ, which are both pro-abortion denominations, which is something I didn't even know existed, um, that a pro-abortion church denomination uh, back in the day. But now I know that it's it's relatively prevalent. So you were a young nurse in that in that ward, in that hospital, in that department, and so on and so forth. You probably heard whispers. You probably heard little little statements or something that you didn't quite understand or know about. Is it, am I describing this approximately the way it was? Well, actually, it was going on quietly in the in the labor and delivery department since 1978, and I worked in the department for a year and didn't know that it was going on all around me until one night I heard a report that we were aborting a second trimester baby, and that one also had Down syndrome, and that was the first that I heard about it. And even when the story went eventually public, um, nurses in the next department, the neonatal unit, didn't believe it. They didn't know it was going on either. So it was very hush-hush. Well, somebody had to know what was going on, and the truth is what you're describing is happening across America, and no more so than Planned Parenthood that that, are, that is being supported by people's tax money. But go on. In other words, this is your bar mitzvah, as it were. This was your awakening as to what it was all about. Right. I'd been personally pro-life before that time, but needless to say, I think just about anybody who held an abortion survivor like I did for 45 minutes would be instantly converted into a pro-life activist. And I was. And so uh, I had first tried to appeal to the hospital privately to stop and followed the mandate of Matthew 18 when Jesus, you know, when you find someone in sin, you approach them privately took back a couple of witnesses again privately, such as um, Cardinal Francis George of Chicago and Dr. C. Everett Koop, who was a pro-life surgeon general under President Reagan. He also appealed to the hospital. And when the hospital wouldn't stop, um, I went public. And this was in 1999, and I probably started talking to you not too long after that. Isn't that something, Rich? Isn't that something? Do you think there are people listening right now that are hearing things for the first time? And they just didn't know. Well, that little baby that Jill Stenick uh, got to hold while he died was about the same age as that little baby that everybody was celebrating was able to live. Yeah. Now, listen, in just a short time, we're going to be celebrating Christmas, the birth of Christ. And Herod didn't want him to live either. Matter of fact, Herod, uh, King Herod, he, he put out quite a... He put out quite a sweep, you know, trying to find that baby and do away with him, didn't he? Right. 
Isn't it interesting how God sent his son to earth as a pre-born child who was born in a manger? By the way, because Joseph was there to pay his taxes. <laughs> There's a lot to that story, I'll <laughs> tell you. There's a lot to that story. Born in a manger. Isn't that something? Yeah. And we're going to be celebrating. I wonder this year how hard it will be for people to acknowledge the fact that Christmas is a celebration of the birth of the Christ child. Will that be will that be taught to the children in our schools? Will that be acknowledged in all the Christmas festivities and things of that sort? Well, it's up to the parents. And and I've seen stories now where the parents are beginning to wake up to what's going on in schools. That's the truth. Well, I think we ought to have a couple of our listeners. Oh, great. Now, this first one is from a man who listens every which way. Let me say this first. It's 1-800-345-2621. Folks, we'd love to hear from you, too. But listen to this gentleman. Yeah, I wanted to call and thank the Bot Radio Network from Memphis, Tennessee. I really appreciate all that you guys do and how you've grown spreading the Word of God. Helps everybody stay with the faith. And I love your app that you can download, like the radio streaming live and listening on the radio, as well as going to the website. I like how your schedules are laid out. You can always go back and share your schedules, and and uh, all your preachers are wonderful. Love every one of them. So thank you, and keep up the good work. Well, well thank you, sir. Thank you so I'm much. Listen, thankful. quickly yep. now, let's take another one. Hi, this is Maria from Geneva, Indiana. We listen to Bot Radio through Fort Wayne, I believe it is, Indiana. And we are very blessed to have a radio station to turn on to any time of the day. And it's very comforting to our hearts at times like this. Okay, how about one more? I am definitely against abortion. There are eight children in my family. We were poor growing up, but I remember my mother telling us once that she did not want to meet God with blood on her hand. Uh-huh. I didn't understand about abortion then, but I knew what she meant. And I have grown up with that abortion is a sin before God. God bless you all. And God bless you, dear lady. Now, I want to say this, Rich. God forgives. There are people listening who've had abortions, but I want to tell you, God forgives. We serve the God of forgiveness. And then, of course, you don't repeat it. You don't go on. Uh, but God forgives. So keep that in mind. Will you also give us a phone number? one one 800 This is Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story as a public service with my son, Rich. I'll see you later. 